Good morning, everybody. It is great to see you today as we are finishing up this series called Devoted. And I'm very excited about our topic today. Um, I'm excited for several reasons. One, you know, with our Rwanda Challenge and Africa Hope Initiative, uh, their report, I mean, just to see how God is moving and different places and how God is using our church and folks from our church to make a difference throughout the world. And I know that prayer is at the center of that. I'm excited because I sense a revival happening within our own body. I'm, I'm excited because I'm seeing new faces and new folks that are coming anxious and wanting to know more about God. So this is a very vital and important message today about prayer. You know, we think about prayer and at different times in our lives, we struggle with prayer. Just last week though, we saw the power of prayer. I, I, how many of you were here last Sunday? Anybody here last Sunday? Okay, so maybe you will remember that when Cruz started the worship, things weren't quite going right. Something was wrong and, and he just had to stop everything and say, I don't know what's going on. We've been having these technical issues. And he said, I, I, we just need to pray. And that's what he did. He just prayed. And it wasn't a quick rushed prayer. It was like, Lord, just, you know, use this, make it work, help us not to be distracted by it. And, you know, when they started back the worship, we didn't notice any more glitches. Isn't that amazing? And then when I got up to preach, I've been having some throat issues and I got a tickle in my throat and I couldn't stop coughing. And when I prayed, I just asked God to, you know, help me with this and to help you not be distracted. And then people said after service, you know, after you prayed, you didn't have that problem anymore. So now maybe you're just thinking that's just a coincidence. But I'll tell you, I don't think so. I believe prayer is a powerful opportunity that we need to tap into. And uh, Alexander White says, the greatest and best talent that God gives to any man or woman in the world is the talent of prayer. Simply put, prayer is an exchange where we make our requests known to God and God receives them. And God answers them according to his will. Now, the problem is that we often act like we're too busy to pray. Any of you ever felt that way? Like, I'm so busy, I just don't have time to pray. Or we might think God doesn't care about our problems. He's got bigger issues that he's got to deal with, so we don't pray. Or we think we can handle stuff on our own. Who needs God? Why bother him with it? Or we might just not believe in the power of prayer. Well, we, we could do an entire series on prayer alone, but today I'm gonna be focused on three examples of prayer that we see in the life of Jesus. And these three examples are individual prayer, communal prayer, and powerful prayer. And I believe all these three types of prayer are accessible to any of us at any time. No matter how long you've been walking with Jesus, or even if you're still just trying to figure this whole Christianity thing out, anyone can participate in prayer. And here's the big idea for today. 
When God's people pray, God moves mountains. And I believe that that's true. He moves mountains that are in our way. He moves the obstacles. If you want to see positive change in your life, tap into the power of prayer. The early church understood that, and that's why they were devoted to prayer. Look again at Acts chapter 2, verse 42. Talking about the church, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to what? Prayer. Prayer was one of those four practices that the early church was devoted to. And in the life of Jesus, we see these three examples of individual, communal, and powerful prayer. So let's go to God in prayer right now. Lord, thank you, first of all, for making a way that we can talk with you, that we can commune with you. Help us all to have a deeper commitment and passion for prayer in our lives. Help us to trust in your power when we pray. Help us to pray without doubting. And as we pray in faith, reveal to us your power to move mountains. And it's in Jesus' name, amen. Now, throughout the life of Christ, uh, as he revealed to us in the Gospels, we see several types of prayer. And the first and possibly the most recognized is the practice of individual prayer. This is when Jesus would go off alone and pray or maybe stop for a moment and pray out loud so others could hear what he's saying. So first of all, friends, we need to tap into individual prayer. Now, for many of us, this will be the type of prayer uh, that we also practice the most. And the good news is Jesus was absolutely committed to his prayer time as well. In Mark chapter 1, verse 35, we read very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Now, in this scene, we, we learn a couple of things about the prayer life of Jesus. First of all, he got up early in the morning to go and pray. From a strategic standpoint, it's important because the beginning of the day is often quiet and normally peaceful. There aren't tons of distractions to compete with as we enter into this time of prayer. I also like the morning prayer because it helps to set the tone for the day. I've heard some people say it helps them feel grounded and centered. I was impressed last week when Mike Tyson was getting ready to baptize his daughter Mia and he was sharing about how God was moving in her life and he shared with us that she's getting up every morning at 5.30 and she's having her morning devotion and prayer. What an example set by a teenager in our church. Amen? That's awesome. So let's find that time that works for us and spend it with God. I can tell you when, when I start my day, I, the first thing I've got to do is spend that time in prayer and quiet time. The problem is that if I don't do it then, many times I don't get back to it. I don't know if any of you are like that, but we can get so busy that if we leave that time, 
we can fail to get it done. It will be the best time of your day if you make it. Now, the second thing we see is that Jesus went off to a solitary place. Again, this is a place where the distractions and the interruptions were minimized and he could focus on prayer. For Jesus and for many of us, we need to have those places in our lives where we can go and be alone with God, a quiet place. Our world is an increasingly busy and noisy space. And we need to make time not only for ourselves, but also for our relationship with God. In the Gospels, Jesus would often go off to a solitary place. Even he seems to understand that uh, there was only so much he could do in a day's time before he needed to recharge. How many of you have ever felt like you needed to recharge? Anybody here? Uh, some of you are just charged all the time, I'm guessing, but most of us, I think, need some recharge, especially a spiritual recharge. How many of us, myself included, have neglected our relationship with God from time to time because we have so many other pressing issues to deal with on a day-to-day -day basis? As we seek to follow the example of Christ throughout our lives, may we be devoted to the practice of individual prayer. Life can be a very difficult and complicated place and God wants us to come to him, make our requests and our burdens and our hopes and our dreams known to him. In Philippians 4, 6, we read, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. So friends, present your requests to God and do it on a daily basis both individually and communally, which is the second thought that we need to tap into communal prayer. It's a gift for us to be able to pray with others in community. There is power when we pray together, when we make our requests known together, when we gather together in unity and prayer, he hears us and he responds. In fact, when asked for advice on prayer, listen to what Jesus said in Matthew 6, beginning in verse 9. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Now I imagine most of you are familiar with, how many of you have ever heard the Lord's Prayer? Raise your hand. I, I think most of us have. I, I would bet that even some of you, how many of you ever memorized the Lord's Prayer? Raise your hand. All right, all right, now come on up here and you're gonna say, no, I'm just, I'm just kidding. Um, but generally, most Christians know of or have memorized the Lord's Prayer. But how many of us have ever thought about the communal nature of that prayer? Did you notice Jesus doesn't instruct us to pray using personal pronouns like my and me? 
But instead, he uses plural pronouns like our and us. The most famous prayer of all time is a communal prayer. If not meant to be spoken aloud in the midst of fellowship with others, it is certainly meant to be spoken with that fellowship in mind. And as believers, we must remember we are a part of a larger community, a huge family, Um, not just everybody that's in this room or watching online, but fellow believers all across the world. For many of us, we think in terms of our Western individualistic mindset. You know, we're, we're sort of isolated in some ways. It's all about me and my family and my home. But Jesus instructs us to come out from under that and embrace the larger kingdom mindset. Communal prayer is an opportunity to take our eyes off of ourselves and listen to the request and the needs of the body. It's time we get to share in the suffering and the joy of the church community. Whether it be in a small group, like I know our men's group every week, we, we have a, a lot of time of prayer as we share those things that are on our hearts. Any other small group here, I'm sure, is doing the same thing. Maybe in a coffee shop with some other people or on the street corners or gathered together on Sunday, there is power when we pray with one another. Jesus even says in Matthew 18, 20, for where two or three come together in my name, there am I with them. And I'm sure you've heard those powerful words out of 2 Chronicles 7, 14. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and will heal their land. Church family, our prayer matters and God hears us when we pray. So let's do something we don't always do here at the church. uh, And and I think uh, maybe we should do more of it, but let's recite that Lord's prayer together. If you hadn't remembered all of it, it, it's right up there. I've made it so that even if you didn't memorize it, you won't get lost. So ready? Join with me. Our father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. So friends, we have individual and communal prayer, but it all adds up to this final truth. We need to tap into powerful prayer. We see in the life of Jesus a willingness to go to God with big prayers, powerful prayers, miraculous prayers. Jesus prayed for a man who had been in a tomb named Lazarus. He called that man out of that tomb, and he, a dead man, walked out of that tomb alive. Another time, Jesus saw a fig tree, and it didn't produce figs, and so Jesus cursed it. And it withered and it died. And the next day as the disciples were coming by, they noticed it. And when Peter asked about this, Jesus said in Mark 11, beginning in verse 22, have faith in God. 
Truly I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in their heart, but believes that whatever they say will happen, it will be done for them. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. The point is that when we pray, we are praying to an almighty God. He is the source of the power. He can bring about change. Wilfred A. Peterson said, change can be accomplished most of all through the power of prayer because with God, all things are possible. Prayer is powerful because God is the most powerful being in all of creation. In fact, he's the one that created it all. He alone is the one who can answer our request. So whether we pray individually or communally, we've got to remember who we are praying to. James 1, 5 tells us, if, you lack, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to him. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt because the one who doubts is like a wave of a sea blown and tossed by the wind. So God gives us wisdom when we ask him. But there's so much more. You know, friends, when we pray to God with a repentant heart, our sins can be forgiven. When we pray for the sick, they can be healed. When people are in trouble, we pray for them and God can bring peace. James wrote later in James 5, beginning in verse 13, is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Elijah was a human being, even as we are. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. And again he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. My brothers and sisters, if any of you should wander from the truth and someone should bring that person back, remember this, whoever turns a sinner from the error of their way will save them from death and cover over a multitude of sins. Friends, Paul wrote the Philippians about a peace that transcends all understanding. He wrote, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. That power is there for every one of us to tap into. And the question is, are you tapping into it? Are you thinking you're too busy? Are you thinking God can't do it? Are you thinking Doc, God doesn't really care about my stuff? Listen, friends, do we pray with the same confidence that Elijah did? 
He's just a man just like us. And yet his prayer was powerful and effective. Are we going through the motions and doing the thing we think we're supposed to do because that's how it's always been done? Or are we praying to God with bigger and bolder prayers? Yes, you might be disappointed because you didn't get the answer that you were seeking. Remember, it's according to the will of God. And yes, it might take longer and it might be more difficult than you had hoped. But on the other hand, what would happen if one of your big, bold, audacious prayers was answered in the way that you're hoping and praying? What if the creator of the entire cosmos heard and responded specifically to your prayers? What mountain do you need moved today? And I'm sure many of you come in here with some mountains to move. Maybe there's some relationship problems. Maybe there's some issues at home, some financial struggles, maybe some problems with your children. Friends, remember, change can be accomplished most of all through the prayer of the power of prayer because with God, all things are possible. It's well known that the early church, the one we read about in Acts, experienced unprecedented growth, success, and transformation as a result to their devotion to the cause. And I have to believe that prayer was a huge part of all that was accomplished. And I believe prayer is as imperative today as it was for them. Today we heard Jennifer Parker and Tammy and West Bishop share about their efforts in Rwanda. I want you to know that prayer is the catalyst behind everything that's happening in Rwanda. Even before we got involved, I know Theofel Rugabera, the leader of the mission there, was praying for help and support. And at the same time, another guy here in the States, Frank Reynolds, was praying for guidance about what God wanted him to do when he retired as the lead pastor of his church. And God brought both of these people together. And, you know, the rest is sort of history. Frank had some preachers go, and I prayed about it. He, he asked me about going, and I said, yeah, I, I think I'm going to go. And then things changed. We needed a team to go and help these pastors get a real Bible college degree. And I just put the challenge out. Frank and I prayed, God, you know, bring out the right people. And the right people came. Our church has been a catalyst in the work of getting these preachers prepared so that churches would not have to close. Some of our folks prayed about it, and now we have this great team, and out of that sprang Africa Hope Initiatives USA. When God's people pray, God moves mountains. And many of us are devoted to all kinds of things that don't really matter in the end. Our social media accounts, our favorite shows, our hobbies, sports, you name it. And these things aren't bad. But it's a problem if we trade our connection with God to attain all those things. So we need that individual, communal, and powerful prayer. What if you simply exchanged 10 to 15 minutes a day this coming week 
for prayer? What if you connected with some others who wanted to pray too? Maybe in a small group, once a month, once a week. And as with all the practices we've looked at through this series, if we want to experience deeper relationship and greater transformation, we have to be intentional with our time and energy. I pray you've been challenged and encouraged through this devoted series. I pray that we will all be more devoted to the Word of God, to Christian fellowship, to sharing in this time of communion with the Lord, and to prayer. Most of all, I pray you take a small step of faith that you may be intentional and that you may become just a little more devoted to the faith. Father God, we come to you and we thank you for your teaching on prayer. We pray that you will that we will not be timid in our prayers, but that we would boldly come before you. I pray that each day we will come before you, talk with you, listen to what you have to say to us, and that our lives will be changed. Jesus said that if we had faith as small as a mustard seed, we could say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. So Father, We have some mountains to move. Individuals here have things in their hearts and in their minds. There are folks that are under a heavy load. They need peace. They need that burden lifted. Father, lift it now in the name of Jesus. May your Holy Spirit move in us to comfort those who mourn, to strengthen those who are weak, and to challenge all of us to live boldly for you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray.